We end this week's show with a tour of Te Wānanga Whakairo Rākau, or the National Carving School based at Whakariwarewa Māori Arts and Crafts Institute in Rotorua. Te Taunui Akupe James Ricard, he mostly goes by James Ricard, is the head tutor at the school. A few weeks ago he returned from a symposium in Malaysia and will head back there in August. I visited the school to talk about his work and was surprised to learn that becoming a carver was the last thing he wanted to do. My name is Te Taunui Akupe Ricard, um, named after my dad James. Um, he's from Ngāti Paraua and my mum is from uh, Whaingaro, Raglan. Um, yeah, the Hoaru, um, it rumbles and rages day and night. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I currently I'm the head of the school. I never ever wanted to be a carver. I, I was had plans on being a pilot. Uh, my mum screwed my ear, kicked my backside, and dragged me off down here uh, <laughs> 48 years ago, and still doing it. So uh, that's who I am. So tell me about your first foray into um, Ngā Mahi Whakaero. Who taught you? Oh, Where did you learn? I came here, you know, uh, I mean, most of us came from different tribal areas, mm. all from the Wapops. <laughs> I mean, Rotorua would have been the biggest town we'd ever been in. <laughs> and so we all thought everybody knew where we came from. And of course we didn't. Uh, my first instructions were um, walk down the road, turn right at the old clock, and walk for about 2Ks, 3Ks, and you'll come to a place that looks like a motel. And that's the school. And so <laughs> we, followed the, we followed the instructions and it was dead right. It looked like a motel. It didn't look like a school. Uh, so we went in and uh, was met by um, Kruwaka, uh, the CEO at the time, and Hone uh, Taiapa. And, of course, uh, Tuti Te Kaukau was the assistant thing from Tauranga. So met them all, uh, had an introduction uh, and then our, uh, all our chisels were held up in a six-month strike in England, wharf strike. So we never had chisels. So we had to use um, oh. John's and them's chisels for six months, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so that was my introduction to uh, Whakairo. And I guess the school is here to teach uh, technical capability and the art of Whakairo. I mean, if you look at it as a form of writing, uh, it writes history, turns oral traditions into shape, form and design. Uh, and that's my role, is to try and ensure that uh, 50 years from now, people are still doing it. Hopefully, 50 years from now, someone has the same whakao. And So that's my role, is to try and instill in these young ones uh, continuity, I guess, of our culture. So when you were... So can I assume that you were, what, 20, in your 20s when you first came? No, no, 16. Straight oh, 16? Out, straight out of school. What and did it, you know of carving then? No, uh, nothing. Absolutely. Like, Absolute. what about where you were from? Uh, nothing. Well, I wanted to be a pilot. I actually wanted to be a pilot. I used to go to the military camps every holidays. Uh, were you into holidays. art? Did you draw no as arts, a teenager? No you know, because sometimes no, that can... No, nothing. What I can say is that um, when I was young... I um, I got um, spooked. About, Do you mean um, you could feel way to around? No, no, I could you. see them. Oh, so you could see them, yeah, yeah, James. Literally, oh. uh, and most of them came to pick me up. You know, but they good. Never waited around long enough to find out, uh, but I understood their fakaro. They don't talk, but you understand their fakaro. Mm. Uh, they kind of send it across the space. James. But I, I, when I came here, I, I, I learned how to handle it. 
every time it started, I, I pretty much two hours before it started, I, I'd know, go into the shower and just turn the shower and run water over me until it sort of every, everything normalised. At home, there's a house from way down our drive, which is about a kilometre and a half. This uh, person coming and just gliding along and, and, and pretty much sending me a message. And I just sort of sat up in bed, tried to wake everyone up. Everyone was dead asleep. And uh, I waited till the last minute. I could see her right through the wall of the, the fuddy we were sleeping in. So I got out of, it was a batch, so I got out and ran around the house trying to wake my old lady in them up. Ran around about three times before they opened the door. Apparently they rang the doctor because my heart was racing. The phone went in, it was my, uh, my mother's grand auntie had just passed away. And she kind of clicked as to what was going on. They were kind of trying to tell everyone, oh, I'm ready to hide it. But it was in hindsight. But it helped me when I came here. Yeah, how so? How did it help you? kind of gives you an idea when you're doing carving that there's a, there's a top element to it, there's a reality to it. And if you play around with it, you get smacked. A lot of the stuff around here when you talk about top is how people behave around tupuna not about anyone else. That's the tapu thing, not anything else. Gee, that's really good to know because mm. you're sort of brought up with the sense of where you're going, you know, you, yeah. don't, you don't go over there because, mind you, they've always been for Whareinui. I've got to remember, it's always for Whareinui that we've never been Yeah, that's allowed. right, that's hey, right, this exactly. Is a, this is a school, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, in Whareinui, everything to do with the house yeah. is yeah. kind of... Yeah. And when you step outside that realm, there's a whole lot of things that go on, and people do all sorts of things outside that realm, outside the Whareinui. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty well open slather, really. And it's like these guys, uh, you know, talking about the carvings being, uh, um, you know, painted on and stuff like that. They're out in the public domain, of course. They, they're going to get sprayed on. They're yeah. going to get cut, all sorts of things. Mm. They're in the public domain. That's what happens. Mm. Was in a funny new, it'd be different. So, James, tell us about the school. How long have you been uh, the, the, the head carver? Um, this time around, I started in 1967 and then I went home back to Wahi Marae uh, in 1982. Uh, taught there for a while and I uh, helped my brother in law with the house and then I went back home to Whangaroa and I pretty much stayed there. And then I came back here, worked, did all sorts of things. I worked in the bush. I loved working in the bush because it was fresh air and mm. a lot of exercise. And then I came back here about um, 2000 just to run the school, to, just to try and get it going again because this place got into strife during the 90s. Oh, okay. You know, nearly yep. closed down. And so it was trying to keep, uh, regenerate the, the whole passion for this place, I guess. You know, this school... Is, is the elite carving school of, of, of Aotearoa. Mm. Is it a tough school to get into? Um, yep, yep. Well, it's a tough school to last in. There's it's a, a tough, tough school yeah, to last in? Yeah, because uh, if you don't have the mindset, it, it starts draining you. Irrespective of... Oh, just the mahi? Just the mahi, the concentration. Mm. I mean, how long can you uh, sit at a computer? Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, maybe six hours. Yeah. Straight. No, not straight. Oh. That's like a well, break. Yeah. So th- th- these guys are required to sort of eight hours a day. Sometimes when you do houses, it's uh, seven days a week, sometimes long hours. And so what happens is that uh, you kind of get drawn into the the whakaro 
You get drawn into the cope up of the history, and it's like the tupun is dragging you into into that space, and kind of you kind of get lost in it. And that's um, one of the tupunas. So you know, one of the old carvers, Rukupu. That's what happened to him. You know, you just you get drawn in by what you're doing. You get so immersed in it, and it kind of takes you over. You need to step away. Step away every now and again. Step away, and then especially with Farinui, um you need to step away for for a while. You know, and lucky you have weekends. You know, it breaks the true. Yeah. Whereas the old days, they just worked around the clock, and then every once a month, I think they would break. They would break and then come back uh, yeah. about a week later, and so even the old talking is kind of understood that. So the young fellows that really want to take up carving and come to the school, what do they have to have? Passion. I think they need to have a passion about, um, you know, uh, for kaido, uh, about history. And, and in many ways, a lot of them that uh, are skilled at carving don't normally have the other things. They don't, they don't have a historical perspective on it. They don't have tribalist, you know, aspects mm. to it. They just come here, they just want to carve. And then you have to try and put all of this other stuff inside what they're trying to do. Because they could be the, um, an amazing artist and yeah, yeah, carver, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, yeah. but then they don't have that other side of the and, kaupapa, and they, they which can't, is that... Um, can't connect the dots uh, in whakapapa, uh, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I guess they call it composition. It's about how do you take oral traditions from an akroa and transfer it into a piece of wood. And, uh, and so that the crow knows that his corridor is there. And make yeah. the crow understand that this is his corridor. You know? And that's the key. That's the biggest challenge for us because there's a disconnect between carvers and people who speak uh, in the Farinuis in a lot of instances. They know the corridor, but they don't know which poe the corridor uh. represents. You know? And so there's a disconnect between those things what patterns you use, why you use it, uh, which areas you use it in, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. so what's the relationship between you as the carver and the hokainga? Oh, you go and have a meeting. You very, It's got to be yep. like this all the yeah, way. Yeah. In many instances, uh, you get drawn into um, rari rari because every marae is the same. I mean, they all have their family argument. They bring it to bear because the house represents the embodiment of their history. And so you have to sit there and listen and try and work your way through the rari rari. Once you get it, once you get them to a point where they they put all of their bad blood aside, you're right. But it very rarely lasts, you know, because every now and again something pops up and you never get involved in the in the discussion. You yeah. just sit there and listen as a uninterested party and just trying to bring them back to the kaupapa. That must take a bit of a toll, eh? Uh, no, because you hop in a truck and you drive away. And it stays at the... It's, it's that you can... It's like a switch. You yeah, can you, switch you, you, yeah. on. Once you get to the marae, it's, it's business. You have to sit and you have to focus on what they're trying to tell you. You have to focus on... And you have to understand the area. You can't just drive in blind. You have to kind of understand who they are ah. and who, who all the movers and shakers are yeah. in the, the organisation. Yeah. So how many how many whare do you think you would have worked on, James? Oh, uh, we've done close to about forty something whare over the years. In this area? Or no, all over. Yeah. Even down south, or uh, not down oh, south? Down, mostly in the south, North, North Island. Island. Yeah.
there's a new project um, that the Carving School is involved with. Um, you oh, can yeah. look in my yeah, bus yeah, bin. Yeah. Tell us about that, please, um, um, James. It's about uh, navigation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess the school, under its legislation, is is, is charged with uh, looking after culture. And culture uh, is everything involved in culture, not just whakairo, not just raranga, but navigation, um, canoe building skills, all of that sort of stuff, across the board, if you like. And what we're trying to do is spread the wānangas mm. across the country and look for the skills that are in certain areas and, and kind of help them uh, achieve their goals. They want to build canoes, they want to get into tourism, they want to do a whole lot, host of things. Mm. And if we can help them in any, any way, we will. Uh, I go up there and try and teach for kaido, designs, patterns, shaping. It's all part of this ongoing process of making sure that, uh, you know, 50 years from now, mm. you still have uh, navigators, you have canoe builders, you know, you have rako. I mean, the whole uh, the thing about the culture depends on your environment. If your environment disappears overnight, you need to know what else can you use to achieve the same goals. And so rako is a very, very scarce commodity at the moment. And we're in the moment, at the moment trying to negotiate with uh, several iwi who still have lots of raka. Trees to build waka. Yeah, yeah. Oh, trees that are already oh, on the ground. Right, oh, right. Not, you don't need to cut any down. There's a lot still on the ground. And what we're trying to do is engage with iwi and say, look, if you have trees in your area, get them out. If you can't get them out, tell us where they are and, you know, try and work out uh, how they um, they can get the logs out for... Every marae needs to be fixed now. You know, um, mm. marae's only last, last for about 25, 30 years and they start to deteriorate. True, and so yeah. houses that were built in the 80s and 70s are kind of up for well, a... Our one, is, our one is, it opened in 1980 and uh, already the pipe is rotten. The rest of the house is not too bad, but... Uh, You're talking about auto fuel over yeah, here? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh. So it's already, uh, the pie pie is rotten, the tikotik was rotten, so there's a few pieces that need to be fixed. Uh, but a lot of marae start deteriorating around about, yeah, around about 30 years. And so we try and, uh, you know, with all the Treaty of Waitangi settlements, I mean, there needs to be a cultural purse set aside for your marais. Who's going to fix them? You know, your culture is not going to survive if your whare start falling down around your ears. You don't have a base. It's all got a flow-on effect, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the project with Hekenukumai is reliant upon getting trees. Getting trees, yeah. And so we're in the process of negotiating for trees for, for them. Uh, I mean, uh, ideally, um, there's a lot of raka that's up north that are dying. I mean, ideally, mm. that's where you would get the raka from. Yeah. Cut them down, take them out of the road and let new ones come through. I mean, that's what you would do. Mm, mm. But if we can't get them north, we have to sort of look around for iwi that still have a large sections of forest. Yeah, that's right. You know, if we don't get that, then you go back to the islands and how they still build canoes. They tie everything together. They lash them in planks, and that's how they do it. So you don't need trees. You just need planks. So we have to go back to using those methods. Eventually, we will. And we, we might as well learn how to do it now. Hundred years from now, there's not going to be big trees. We need to start learning how to how the islands do it. Yeah, this is a uh, this is the tickle tickle for uh, this pataka that's being replaced or renewed. 
once uh, once um, carvings get uh, moss on them, they oh. had it. All the water's got inside, and so all the spores come from inside out. Our Fakaru has replaced the whole thing and pulled the old one out yeah. and put it inside. So but if it, the carving's got moss, yeah. you need to... Yeah, yeah, it's water. Yeah, it's soaked in water and it's growing from inside out. And so pretty much your, your house needs uh, redoing. You've only got about 10 years from the time you see moss till the time you need replacing. So um, what happens with um, restoration is they fill it with... Um, like Botox or <laughs> you know plastic, they fill it with plastic, and uh, but that only lasts for about five years, and then the plastic will shrink and separate, and then you there's an ongoing process. Yeah. Oh, these ones are all inside, so it's wow. the ones outside that actually deteriorate. So we have about 800 meeting houses in New Zealand. Of that, you know, you've got about four or five hundred that need fixing. Wow, it's a huge problem. Yeah, because what happens with Iwi, you throw a half a million at a whare you get it built, but there's no thought of the next 30 years, the ongoing maintenance of the house. Oh, so they leave all the old people at the hokaing, and then, the, you know, Uncle Joe gets up the ladder and tries to paint the whare, while all the kids are in the cities. <laughs> when you go home, man, what's wrong with the whare All falling down. If you drive around the... And that's what I like, driving around the country and you just look in the paddock and uh, the state of a house will tell you the state of, uh, of an iwi in terms of its, um, in terms of its um, health and well-being, its cultural, you know, its cultural presence, its ability to look after itself, mm. look after its tupuna. And all you have to do is look in the paddock. Small toki. Toki? Yeah, I should say toki. Toki. Your talk. Your talk into this. Talk as in T-A-L-K, talk. Yeah. Oh. You're putting your talk into the, into the wood, into the yeah. What kind of wood is this? This is totara. This Tot is totara, yeah. We use, use a toki first. One of the main things is to use the toki. You get most of your rubbish out of the road, and then you go down to all your files, all your chisels, and each one makes a different sound. Cool. Hang on, I'll get some chisels and I'll yep, show you. Yep. So each of the chisels had a, has a different sound, and so. You... I know what people are doing when they do that, and then you have <laughs> listened to this. Ah, uh, yeah. So the shorter the hits, the faster the hits, they're cutting a circle. So each, each chisel and each timber has a different sound when you're carving. Yeah. So they all make different sounds. So um, Fakaida has got to do with, um, you know, your, your eyes, your hands, and your ears in unison. You kind of have to get them all working together. Mm. So when these guys go away on holiday and they stop for three weeks, everything just goes out of focus, if you like. And so it takes them about two weeks to get back in the, in the zone. But it's all about... Listening. So you can hear a sound across the room and know what, what yeah, style yeah, of yeah. yeah. And you know, in some instances, you can tell whether the the chisel is under stress or oh. something's under stress because they're bashing it too much. Uh, Pound on you can feel it in the in the blade. 
What do you mean, Ponamu? Oh, Ponamu edges. Oh, do you use those? Yeah, yeah. We've got Ponamu edges, yeah. What, what does Ponamu add that the normal chisel doesn't? Um, well, it doesn't add anything. It just you can't make a mistake with Ponamu. You can only take away so much at a time. And you can only use it for so long because it heats up. It's a water stone. So you can only have about, um, use it for about a minute, then you've got to chuck it in water to cool it down. Because you can start, you can feel it coming through the handle. It's kind of starts stretching. It's like, yeah. <laughs> throw me in water. I'm hot. Yeah. So you've got about what? Oh, so oh, we've got of, a tutor over. Yeah, most of them. Most of the most of the, the fellas have gone. It's Friday. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Some of them have even turned up. So, yeah. 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 And that's this. Well, just basically us here today. And so I can see different pieces here in this room. What, what's everybody working on? Are there uh, any specific? Oh, you can ask them. You can stroll around and ask them. Yeah. Shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Shy. Yeah, no, no. Where you go? Okay. I'll just ask you what your name is. Daryl Marina. Daryl. Um, what's your piece on? Uh, it's a Ngāpui piece. It's a putty. Yes, above the door. Yeah. Kapai. And when you're carving. Do you know what you're going to carve, or how does the process happen for you? Uh, at first you select a piece of wood, and then you plane it off so you can draw on it. Then you chuck your whatever you're going to do, chuck that on it, and then you've got to sort of start dropping levels and what's going to stay up, what's going to go down. So that comes through probably carving. And then um, after that you chuck your design on once it's sort of moulded and smoothened out. You draw your design on then do the final parts of it. And just final clean up and then stain it. So is this going to actually go to a to a to a house? No, um, this is just a module. Uh, oh, so yeah. I'm only a fishy. So for fishy, and you really, um, you got to do I think eight tribal styles. So this one's with Ngāpui style. I've oh. done um, Whānau style as a wakahui. So this is my second one, and then uh, next year I'll carry on doing my modules. So. Yeah. Uh, each of these guys has to understand every other tribal style because when you look at whakapapa it's kind of like a intermeshed so no matter where you go you're going to get overlaps in tribal history whakapapa <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and carving reflects that uh, overlapping um, things that happen in, 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 in whakapapa I mean whakapapa gives you an idea of what, what's been going on for a long long time mm. and all you're doing is just Physicalising it. Are you safe in the knowledge, James, that you've got a um, a healthy pool of of carvers with the Aotearoa? Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's some. Um, oh, nice. They're all doing different mahi because uh, I mean, if we were all carving, there'd be no houses to do. Mm. But they're doing all sorts of things. Mm. They're calling themselves artists now, <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell the pieces that come out of the school. Oh, really? Yep, so tell. you can walk into a whare nui and... Yeah, you, and go, <laughs> yeah, you can tell the pieces, uh, the carvers that came through the school here. And I guess one of the things about traditional art is that um, it's not uh, so much about the art, it's about the whakapapa that connects to the whare nui. All of that whakapapa from the islands to here hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. You know? You're just trying to continue that whole kōrero you know, they survived for thousands of years, but you're just trying to put it back in place.
I mean, mm. that's what the whare nui is, it's tūpuna all over the place. I mean, they need to look after them at some point in time. Otherwise, mm. That's true. Mm. I think kei tuatuki te rau ngā kōrero hōhonu and te taonui a kupe Rickard Kiaurara. Kiaurara. For more information about Te Whare Whakairo Rāko, the National Carving School, and pictures from my visit, head to radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika.